0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: with young kids and teenagers headed back to school it may also be the season for scams and con artists but to be honest it seems to be scam season year round these days this week Let the consumer beware, because we've got the head of the local Better Business Bureau to help us avoid all the traps. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest this weekend is Steve Burness. He's the president of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. He's also president of the Better Business Bureau's Education Foundation. He has mediated thousands of consumer and business-to-business disputes, and he is no stranger to this program either. Steve Bernis, welcome back.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. Well, uh, we can pretty much pick any season, and there's probably some kind of scam associated with it, but uh, the time when students are headed back to school seems to generate a high number of uh, of different bogus ways that swindlers try to uh, separate families from their money. What's First off, what's the attraction for scammers and the vulnerability for potential victims during this season?
0: That's a good point, Craig. The vulnerability of, the, of these are uh, ch- children who and students who don't really have too much consumer education behind them and don't know what they're getting themselves into. And sometimes they're going to college and they think they know everything. So the scam artist knows that we have about 70 million students going back to school this year across the country, and that's a lot of students. And basically they have a clean credit report. They have clean credit so they try to steal their identity. So identity theft is probably, among students, probably the number one scam that we normally see. It's a perennial problem where they tend to zero in on children and go after their credit and steal their identity and try to open up some accounts in their name. And unfortunately, then affects their credit for some time until they fix it.
1: Yeah, and we're we're not just talking about uh, the teenagers or college students here. We're talking about actual little kids. How does that happen?
0: Basically, as long as they have the Social Security number of the individual, they can try to steal identity, and it happens to children as well, uh, young ages as well. So we suggest consumers always check their credit report and protect themselves, especially if you are an adult and you do have credit. Make sure you check it once a year free of charge at annualcreditreport.com. But also, it might be good to check out on your students as well. And never too early to check on the credit report because that's usually Craig, the first time, the first way you'll see that you've been a victim of identity theft is through looking at that uh, credit report.
1: And uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell people uh, because you may hear uh, websites and things go by. Uh-huh. Um, during this half hour, if you want to uh, locate a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper, Do that while we're while we're talking, because at the end, I'm going to ask Steve to give you a couple of uh, either uh, places to look on the Internet or places to call uh, for either help or advice or something like that. So now let's move on. Um, How big a problem are things like scholarship and student loan scams?
0: What happens all the time, because a lot of times students come out of school and they look for scholarships to help them pay off their education and have these organizations, scam artists, who actually go after students who are a little bit vulnerable in those situations and either say they can provide these, all these scholarships are available from the government and we can guarantee you'll get a scholarship or that will reduce your student loan and forgive it completely. We'll have organizations that will do that and erase your debt. It's not going to happen. Uh, in order to get a scholarship, you have to apply, and you got to make certain you're qualified. Nobody can call you up out of the blue, or to, or through an email and, and guaranteeing your scholarship or reduce your loan or forgive your loan, because obviously the only way you're going to do it is taking talking to the creditor yourself and getting rid of the loan. But the scam artists do it all the time. The attorney general has taken action on many organizations over the years, who even radio commercials, TV commercials, even emails saying they can erase your student loan debt.
1: Um. This is also a time when people get uh, phony credit card applications. Frankly, they get a lot of legitimate ones too, right. which is also a danger, but uh, but they also get uh, phony applications.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't realize that people go on the internet and you get an email and says, "Here, fill out this credit application for a chance to win this or to apply for this card," and it's not the company itself. They're just taking information to steal your identity. So you always got to, have to trust, but verify, make certain who you know you're doing business with and never go after just a simple internet ad or an email. Never follow that link because you never know where it's going to actually go. If you want a credit card from somebody, go to that website directly yourself. Don't be led there by an email or a pretty advertisement on the internet. That's where most people get into trouble.
1: Um, is it a good idea to apply for credit?
0: Online, you can if depending on the organization, they have the safeguards in place. So, yes, uh, if they're responsible organizations, we're concerned about the flyby nights or the scam artists who are touting that they're a legitimate organization when they're not. So, if you're giving your personal information up, make certain you know who it is and make certain you can verify that's that website of that individual organization. Because in today's world, Craig, they can copy and paste websites to make it look like exactly a, a Fortune 500 company in a matter of minutes. So you've got to do your research and go to the website directly that by, uh, through the, your own website, through, the, through websites.
1: Now, a lot of uh, young, younger children and, and, and early, early teenagers are on social media. How do scam artists take advantage of that? I mean, what are the kinds of things that you see creeping through Social media.
0: One of the biggest things scam artists do is they, they actually hack into your accounts, and they usually find a way of doing that. And then they send emails to all your friends on behalf of you. So your friend will get an email thinking it's from you, and it's not. It's, it can be a spam or malware inside. And then they actually put stuff on your computer and and go after you through, you know, trying to steal your identity and other things through malware and spamware. Another other ways on social media, they always tell everything, you know, I'm on vacation or... I'm you know, i'm my this is my mother and and she, they know all this information. They're kind of like building a profile on you to steal your identity. and and so you got to be very careful what you put on the internet as well. And then there's extortion emails that are out there now where they allegedly we had a release a few weeks ago where they say they have uh, naked pictures of you unless you pay us five hundred dollars. They have no pictures. They just want to go after people on the internet and see um, you know who will take advantage of the situation. so, the scam artist will go after any means to, to separate you from your money, and that's the key is if it's done quickly, something has to be done immediately, that's usually what we call the tip-off to the rip-off. If you have to do something in 30 minutes by telling somebody telling you, that's usually a rip-off. The only thing you should do in 30 minutes is order a pizza or get a pizza, and that's it. Anything else by asking for money or calling this number or have to do this in 30 minutes or less or the IRS is going to you know, arrest you or you're going to go to jail or be deported, that's a scam and that's a tip-off to the rip-off.
1: Uh, I do want to uh, point out one thing that it, it's a particular pet peeve of, of, of mine that I've seen more and more um, are what are considered games, the, the, the random question games where uh, the uh, somebody has a, a list of questions, things like where were you born, where did you meet your girlfriend or your boyfriend, what's your favorite food, and it all sounds like fun. But it also sounds suspiciously like the kind of questions that a legitimate company asks when it wants to later use questions to verify your identity if you forget your password or something like that. And isn't that, are you seeing more of that kind of Yes, we're seeing a
0: lot of those online ads, those online uh, information that you want you to, questionnaire. they want you to fill out. They're always asking for personal information from you because they want to try to build a profile on you. So in order to steal your identity, there's so many breaches, as we know today. So they're getting bits of information or trying to put it all together and get as much information for you. So, yes, yeah, some of your passwords are your friends, your children, your pets' names, and things of that nature. We suggest you don't go for those types of uh a questionnaires at all, especially when they promise you a gift card at the end, because there's never a gift card, but you already sent the information. So you filled out all this information about your personal stuff, where you were born, what city, and then you expect this $500 gift card and it never comes. Guess what? Cause they're a criminal. They don't care. They just ask it. They got the information they wanted from you and they move on to somebody else. Mm.
1: Well, I, I know the, uh, better business Bureau, the national better business Bureau this summer came out with a study of, uh, sweepstakes and lottery fraud complaints. And, uh, I know there are various kinds of schemes to make people think they've won something. Uh, that's That's been a longstanding tradition, but uh, it can end up costing people almost any, everything. It, it seems to give a bit of an overall view of scams in general, but how much of this is
0: out there? Well, See? it's a growing problem. We issued this study here in Chicago and in four other cities across the country This is really uh, turning into, we know about about 100 million people that have been affected by this in some way, and uh, it's becoming a growing problem. Um, People, uh, you really, you're not going to win a sweepstake by paying for something. So if they tell you you have to pay for something in order to receive the payment, that is is a scam. Uh, We're seeing a big increase in this. Uh, Recently, the Oakland Police Department told me they had a person, a woman, who lost $100,000 to this scam because she kept giving money for taxes. Uh, other fees and, and in order to get these million dollars that she was promised. So it is a growing problem. If anybody tells you you have to pay for something, that is the tip-off to the rip-off. If you want something, be free and clear, and it shouldn't cost you anything. And this is the way you can tell it's a it's a scam. It's a growing problem.
1: Now, who are the victims? I know that the you know millennials, the people in their 20s or so, these are computer-savvy people. They're technically very forward. They're mostly uh, bright uh, folks. But it it seems like they're not invulnerable to these kinds of things.
0: No, But basically everybody is, especially because the younger generation are on the Internet. But a lot of these sweepstakes scams are people that are home or answering their phones or are on their computers. And we looked at the majority of lottery sweepstakes scams. The victims age from average age is about 64 to 74 years old. So that's telling you that's an age group that is vulnerable. But again, the younger generation are on the on the online. They're on their phones. They got the smart pop-up ads that appear in social media, and they don't check the offers as well. They they feel because it's on the internet, it's it's can be trustworthy. They don't do their due diligence. So you've got to check every offer with the Better Business Bureau first, and look at the scams as well because we have a scam tracker on the BBB site where consumers can report scams to us and look at scams. So if you see a scam, you say, I'll never fall for it. Well, somebody will, so you can report it to the Better Business Bureau through Scam Tracker. And if you think you're a victim of scam, you can report it on Scam Tracker, and we can try to help you on that situation as well.
1: Um, The statistic I found fascinating was while seniors seem to be the the, the biggest targets, only 42% of those victimized by lottery fraud that was based in, like, Jamaica, which is one of the... Sure. You know, big clearinghouses for this kind of thing uh, were people over sixty, right? Only forty-two percent. So the majority were 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 younger than sixty. Yeah,
0: different age groups because they're on the computers, as you mentioned. The younger generation they they look at get these advertisements, these pop-ups, and they're guaranteed a winning. They they won. The lights go off, the bells and whistles uh, ring as well, and they don't check on these organizations and they believe because it's on the internet. You have to do your research on these organizations. So important. It's a big problem. It's an international problem. And again, if nine out of ten people don't complain, the the hundred million dollars that we recently mentioned, it can be close to a billion dollars being lost in, in these fraudulent sweepstakes. Again, I in Elgin it happened recently. The police department told us in lawn is a hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and and the seniors seniors very often are the ones who lose the most money. Correct. They're the ones um, who lose the most money. Uh, you know, they're the ones who stay on the hook the longest. They keep
0: talking to them. They say they more because this woman in Oakland, it was not just $100,000 to start. It was 10000 here. Then they need 5000 And before you know it, she was at $100,000. And then realized it was a scam. It was too late at that point, particular point in time. So anybody tells you you got to do something quickly or you got to pay something before getting it, that's usually the tip off to the rip off.
1: Um, one other uh, area that we want to uh, to touch on are charities, because that and usually the holidays are a bigger time for this. but this this happens a lot. Uh, what are what are some of the dangers of of charities and what kind of convincing phony charities are you seeing?
0: It's a problem. It's a perennial problem. It does happen around the holidays, but recently in July, the Federal Trade Commission, along with the BBB, mentioned about a hundred different charities that were fraudulent in some nature targeting veteran groups. So basically they're saying they were soliciting funds on behalf of veterans when actually they were not. So the attorney general and the federal trade commission took action against these charities. But again, these are consumers who are not doing their due diligence and checking the charities out with the better business bureau and other sources. A lot of these charities that were mentioned of the hundred did not uh, give us any information to the better business bureau site we ask charities for background information to see if they meet our standards. So, a uh, majority of the hundred charities did not provide any factual information to the BBB to review them, and that usually can be a warning sign. So, if a charity comes to you on the phone, especially, and tells you that they're gonna, you know, uh, ask for your money and donate to these specific uh, causes, make sure you get it in writing from them, and make sure you do your due diligence on the on the charity itself. And because a lot of charities have similar names that uh, you would think is uh, is a reputable charity when it may be just one or two words different. So you have to, in, you know, we say to, you know, donate, give, but give wisely and research the charity and make sure they meet your standards. And we have um, standards ourselves that we review charities on.
1: Um, are there also cases of charities that may be well-meaning but just aren't in a position to get money to the people that they want to get it to.
0: Yeah, it's a big problem. Usually run, those are around disasters. When a disaster strike, all of a sudden these charities pop up. They want to donate the money, but there's nobody there, and there's no boots on the ground there to help those individuals. So the money or the clothing, uh, they realize after they get all this clothing, that's going to cost more to ship the clothing there than the clothing itself. So you've got to look at the charity itself, see how long they've been doing this type of work and if they're expertise at it, and it makes certain that you do some research on it. But looking at their financials and the Better Business Bureau report on them, will give you an indication of whether or not they meet our standards for charitable accountability. You're
1: listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I am political editor Craig Delamore, and we're talking about scams, charities, and the like with Steve Burness. He is the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago and Northern Illinois. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of other things, and one of them is uh, I understand that you know, people are always worried about their credit scores, and and they're checking them. <laughs> you can you can probably also lose a lot of money checking your credit score for how many people are willing to let you pay. Correct. Uh, to check it, but uh, there's some, there's going to be some free uh, credit. Well, not checks, but freezes. Explain what's going on. Correct.
0: In, in September, the government uh, mandated that these credit report agencies allow consumers to freeze their credits for no charge. Currently, today there's a charge. If you want to freeze your credit, and the reason you want to freeze your credit, Craig, is because there's so many breaches and and so many identity thefts happening. This way, it locks down your credit report, so somebody can't access your financial information. So if you lock down your credit, uh, then if you open up a credit card, the credit reporting agency will make certain it gets to you to answer specific questions, make certain it's you to approve it first, so you automatically wouldn't get the credit card. So we so suggest- it's
1: not exactly stopping your credit, because you explain what, because some people hear freeze your credit, you know, does that mean if I use my credit card, something yes. happens? It's or- when you're
0: opening up a credit account, it'll freeze. So basically, if you're opening a your credit account, uh, and then you have your credit frozen or, or you freeze your credit, they can't access your credit report without getting to you directly and going through some security checks and clearances. So right now, if you walk into a store or mall and you can apply for a credit card within seconds, Well, if you have a credit freeze, they won't allow you to do that anymore. You've got to take the extra step and make certain that, you know, they're going to call you and determine and make certain it's you.
1: But this is a voluntary
0: thing. It's a voluntary thing. But we suggest consumers, the Better Business Bureau suggests consumers freeze their credit reports because it prevents identity theft. So if you're not applying for a credit card or if you're not buying a car or not buying a home, there's no reason to have your credit report open. You can freeze it and unfreeze it at any time you want. Uh, but it just takes extra steps in order for you to get a credit card. So you can't just, uh, a scammer can't just open a credit card in your name in, in 30 minutes at a local department store anymore. They don't have to go through checks and balances, and that helps with the identity theft.
1: And, and can you talk to me a little bit about uh, about what other uh, steps that people can take with their own credit uh, to make sure that they are protecting themselves? I mean, are there ways that they can keep an eye on it without going through the formality of of just checking your credit score or is that the best way
0: that is actually truly the best way but really it's more being more vigilant so keeping track of your uh your bank accounts and looking online and making certain at your credit card and seeing what's being charged uh, that's usually an early warning if you're been a victim of identity theft, but really destroying all your confidential information. Get a shredder. Every home should have a shredder where you shred documents, either your financial documents or credit card applications that come in your name because you just throw them out. There's dumpster divers that will go through that personal information as well. But being very cognizant of your ID and especially your social security number and never give it to anybody unless there is a valid reason to have it and make certain you check who it is. So somebody calling out in Blue and says they need your this is your credit card company. We need your social security number, or we need your bank account number from your bank. The bank has that information. They don't need it from you again. This uses a scammer trying to uh, rip you off.
1: And realistically, how often should any company need your uh, your social security number?
0: Well, it's depending on what you're opening up. If it's a doctor's office, some doctors require that you to file an application that has your credit card number. Most times, if you do apply for credit. Or if you do apply for a loan or whatever, they only ask for your information once, and that's you took the initiative to do that. It's the ones that call you off the, out of the blue, or you go online, they get an advertisement saying we need your your Social Security number. Never give that number up to anybody unless you know it's it's the company behind it and you trust them. And then you instigated it, not them. Um, are you uh, are you finding any
1: new things? You know, I think every time we talk. There always seems to be something else bubbling up. It seems that the people who are scamming find new ways around the things that we think we've done to protect ourselves.
0: Yeah, there's so many scams out there, but there's always this new a twist to it in some instances. And right now we're seeing a lot of scams where the, you've been a victim of scam, and then they'll call you and say they can help you regarding this scam, just give us some more information or pay this uh, fee So we're looking at what's calling a reloading. They're going after the people who've been scammed already. But uh, again, these are, if the consumers, you know, Craig, in my career, 30 years at the Better Business Bureau, my biggest frustration is that consumers don't check out the company or offer ahead of time. There's so much information, not only at the Better Business Bureau site, but at Google and all those other sources, is to check out the information first. Don't believe an organization just because it says who they are or that they are trustworthy or whatever it may be. We have every day, it seems like every, an organization steals our BBB's logo and puts it on their website. We had one this morning meeting the air conditioning company saying they were accredited by the Better Business Bureau. They weren't. but consumers weren't checking. They saw the logo and they thought, oh, it's got to be It's rated by the BBB. They're credited by the BBB. So that's and probably the biggest frustration of mine.
1: And what do you do, first off, as as the Better Business Bureau, when you find someone using the logo when it shouldn't be?
0: So we automatically send them a cease and desist letter, but more importantly, we put it on the Internet and our database. So that's why we want consumers to check with the Better Business Bureau first on any offer, whether it be an established company that's been around for 30 years or 10 years or whatever it may be, because we have a track record on company. Most times people think of the Better Business Bureau as a complaint agency. We're more of an educational agency, we have a wealth of information on uh, organizations, charitable organizations, automobiles, waterproofer, or whatever it may be. We have the track record of the company for the last three years, and we can tell you what their grade is. So some companies have our best grade, which is A plus, and some have F ratings with the BBB. We report on all organizations, not just companies that are accredited by the BBB. So consumers need to check first, and that's probably my biggest frustration. You know, I could save people thousands of dollars if they would just call the BBB first. It's free, but other sources too, not just the BBB. On Google, you put the company's name, and put the word scam next to it, and see where it goes. People, just because they see it on the internet, believe it's true, and it's frustrating. And that's probably the biggest frustration.
1: Um. Well, this is probably as good a time as any. Uh, and and frankly, I'll be honest, um, and anytime we have, uh, my, my wife and I have been looking up companies to do business, even, in, and we live in the, uh, in the suburbs, but we know that if we Go to the Better Business Bureau's website. We will either find, sometimes you find nothing about the company, but if you find something about the company, it'll be good information. So exactly. where should people look?
0: At BBB.org is our main website as well, but we also are referral agencies. So if you do need an automobile dealer or waterproof or any industry, you can go to the BBB and make certain that um, the company, we can give you accredited businesses in that specific industry that are credited by us, that we know about them and that we we vetted them in some way. So if you need a heating contractor, you go to BB site, and you can get accredited businesses by the BBB in their specific area.
1: Now, another thing I uh, want to ask you about, because as we're since we're talking about businesses, um, you are actually, uh, you've created what's uh, called a, uh, a Firestarter program. What's, what is that? So
0: basically we have two awards, a Torch Award for Marketplace Ethics and a Firestarter Award. So Torch Award for Marketplace Ethics, our organization's, that do it right, that ethically, are ethically sound, and they apply for the Better Business Bureau Torch Award. It's almost like the JD-type power award for businesses from the Better Business Bureau. We have a new award this year. It's called the Firestarter Award. Those are for organizations for, that haven't been in business for three years, three years or less, and those are the Firestarter Awards. It's the same as the Torch Award, but for organizations that only been in business for one to three years. So. Now, should
1: people be a little more leery of businesses that haven't been around that long?
0: And that doesn't no really. It doesn't matter. You just got to do your do your due diligence on them and check them out. So we ask uh, organizations to uh, you know we send them a questionnaire and and we look at their background and we look at their uh, their complaint history for the the time they've been in business. But again, there are great companies out there. There's always bad actors that ruin it for everybody else. So if you know of a good company, send them to the Better Business Bureau for our Torch Award for Marketplace Ethics. It's on our website at BBB.org all of our information is there. And again, if the consumers would just call us first before doing business with anybody or falling for an offer, we can save you thousands of dollars from a quick phone call or online at bbb.org.
1: Now, I am uh, looking at a, a little, every every time Steve Bernis comes comes here, he has all kinds of little, little tchotchkes. And I'm looking at this little gadget that uh, is just like a little piece of plastic, but it deals with a serious problem, what the, the cameras on our, uh, our computers.
0: Yeah, there's, com- there's cameras on your computers and your laptops as well. And if they hack into your system somehow and they get into your system, they have access to your camera. They can actually see you or see into your home. So your camera is actually always on for them. So what we have basically is a webcam cover, and we'll provide this camera, this webcam cover to anybody who calls the BBB, listens to this show. It's a free cover. Most people put like a Post-it note or tape over their camera on their PCs. This is a little cover that you just slide it over, and it closes it up. And if you ever want to use a camera, you just slide it back and the camera's on, because some people use Skype and things that require a camera. But when it's inactive, you want it covered. You don't want the camera on. So we have a BBB webcam cover will give free of charge to anybody. Seems
1: seems a lot uh, easier than what I have done which is to <laughs> unplug my camera. <laughs> but but now the you say uh, if if people did want to call the uh, Better Business Bureau, sure. how do they do that?
0: It's 312-832-0500 and they can go online at bbb.bbb.org and if you can just uh, if you want to get to me directly, you go to our website and, and look up Steve Burness. you can get my email addresses on there for them. And
1: now, if there was one rule, besides just calling the Better Business Bureau first, uh, if there was one rule that you would want everyone to obey uh, to avoid as much of this as they can, what would it be?
0: I think the tip-off to the rip-off on most scams is that you have to do something in, in quickly. I, think I mentioned that earlier, but that's mm-hmm. so important. All the scams related to that are always doing something quickly, wiring money outside the country, never wire money, because that's like opening the window and throwing it out the window. The money is the same thing somebody has to tell you to do something quickly or with 30 minutes or less, that is a ripoff. Or they ask you to wire money outside the country, including phone calls from the IRS and uh, and the police department, because we hear fake calls. That's one of our big scams. They say they're calling from the IRS. You're going to jail or you're being deported unless you pay the taxes that you haven't paid. Consumers go out and they get money orders or they get gift cards with that amount. And they pay off these scammers. It works. It's been around for years, and it's increasing. And it's a worldwide problem. So again, thirty minutes or less. The only thing you should do is get a pizza in thirty minutes or less. Nothing else. It's a scam.
1: Yes, and I think the the IRS and the uh, and the, the the sheriff's department is department. another one would be the first ones to tell you that's not how they work. No, and they, they change caller none. IDs, so yes. people don't
0: realize you can change your caller ID. It's a twenty dollars program you can buy, so you can. So when you look at a caller ID, you can say anything at one. Naperville Police Department, you know, Skokie Police Department, they can change all that. So yeah. you can be very careful.
1: So, well, so you should be afraid of just about everything, I guess. But uh, but and now besides calling the Better Business Bureau, is, is, should people also familiarize themselves with the uh, like the attorney general's?
0: yes attorney general the state's attorneys the fbi the FTC, there's a plethora of information on the internet as consumers in our fast paced society don't do their due diligence and i think that's one of another big frustrations they don't check around they just take it on the the, uh, the website to be true and accurate and they're honest but you can't i've been doing this for 31 years you can't tell what a criminal looks like they look like us. You can't tell. I met. I've seen many criminals in my career. Many have gone to jail. You can't tell who they are. You can't just look at a website seeing if it's fake. Like Ronald Reagan says, you got to trust but verify.
1: That's going to be the last word. That is Steve Burness, the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Chicago in Northern Illinois. Thank you for my spending pleasure. this time. My uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is wbbmnewsradio you can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780
0: and 105.9 FM. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest
1: 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours